Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we brought you the clips of the month for July, which you voted on. We'll bring you that and the winner, of course. Uh, We had a chat with Gary Bloom, sports psychotherapist, about uh, the fact that so many high-profile sports people feel comfortable discussing their mental health and how that has changed in his time working in all different sorts of sports as a psychotherapist. We uh, were joined by actor Jason Salke, who told us how uh, a big popular TV drama mm. uh, of the 90s was shaped by a kickabout that he instigated. Um, and, oh, various bits and pieces. We had a bit of a chat. And did, his yeah. phone wasn't Olympic working. Stuff, yeah. Now it is. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> here it all is. <laughs> everyone good afternoon andy good afternoon paul and i'm particularly annoyed about my phone because i had i've got a new olympic ringtone that i wanted you to ring oh. on air now let's let's set the scene ever since i came in about an hour and a half ago <laughs> um and i've just lost andy he's, he's got to get his focus back because somehow in the, in the only way that your old granddad can he has pressed the number he's put his phone in his pocket when he's taken it out he's permanently locked i don't know how you do that you don't put a phone in a pocket take it out and it's permanently i locked. don't know either. we've brought in the experts we brought in people uh, a third of his age to look at it and even they can't we thought it had been cracked by our very yeah. own Emma but it hasn't been no no it's to do with the talk back it's to do with the thing where you have to every time you press the button on the phone it tells you what you're pressing it's so annoying you can't get rid of it and, you have to press, and I can't get into settings because I can't unlock it so the whole thing's a disaster anyway my so, new Olympic anyway, ringtone now look, now, now we did, look there, somewhere out there is the answer Andy I want, I want you completely focused so I want that phone fixed before 4 o'clock <laughs> so it's a Samsung Galaxy isn't it of some yeah, note it's the, like the latest a, it's the very latest it's cutting edge kids if you can tell Andy what he needs to do and we'll obviously we'll hand it to someone a third of his age to actually do it I'm not going to have him I'm not going to have him pressing the buttons on his phone and using the language he normally uses on air. We will not be doing it on air because it's rather fruity. But um, if you can solve Andy's problem, Samson, I mean, they, they know everything, the kids. Yeah, but it's all, it's all online about what to do. We've done all yeah, that. But, but yeah. anyway, Emma's taking it to a phone shop to see if there's some oh, is she really? yeah, geek that can sort it. Anyway, okay. my new Olympic ringtone. Somebody what with a this? beard. It, was my, it says... She's a producer of excellent documentaries on this station. She finds herself walking the streets for some sort of phone. Geek. 
<laughs> it says, and Jacobs is the Olympic champion. It's yeah, marvelous. That marvelous feel? ringtone. That, well, that, it was a great, oh. great day for the family. We were all delighted. How do you feel about that? I didn't know about your Italian origin. It's oh, very much, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was I was very upset yeah. for the British guy. It was unlucky that it was... So, you know, he was in the final. I think he would have got a medal. He was in the right yeah. position. Yeah. You know, and then he said he, he said he cramped up and... I mean, it's the know, ultimate... I mean, it is in it's sport. so it's, harsh. It's so unforgiving. <laughs> they used to be, uh, you know, you used to get a second chance I with a full start. I think you should get a second chance. I yeah. didn't think... You, you know, it seemed to me incredibly harsh, but I don't know. I think sport has finally taken leave of its It's gone right. mad completely. Mm. The high jump. I've never seen anything. I don't get it. I don't get all these people going, oh, it's marvellous, isn't it? I mean, like you said, you know, Chiellini and Harry Kane, they might as well have agreed to share the European Championships because yeah. it was 1-1 one, one after extra I'm guessing time. Chiellini would have said no had, had Harry Kane said, well, don't should get we just it. I just don't get how you can have this in the Olympic Games. You have to have a winner. You can't have two gold medals. It's mm. rubbish, that. I just think it's... There's something wrong with that. And the people are going, well, isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? They know. It's completely <laughs> wrong. I'd, I'd just like to point out that the whole of today's show will be the prism, <laughs> uh, through the prism of his phone not working. So you may get sort of slightly <laughs> harder line views than you would do normally. Yeah, like but, uh, talking you know, it was, that. It was odd. It yeah. was quite odd. Uh, talking of Makes which, no sense. Talking of uh, odd, talking of trenchant views. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I, I see that Brooklyn Beckham is in, in talks with oh, YouTube. Oh, it's his turn in the barrel now, is it? It is. Yeah, okay. Well, it's ridiculous. It's in, he's in talks with YouTube and Facebook about an online cookery show. Yeah. He's not even a chef. I mean, he's got <laughs> no training, because I can see. He's got no training, but he can make a bacon sandwich on Instagram. Yeah. He's honestly, wow. you know, if his name was Brooklyn Jones or something, then no one would go anywhere near him. It's completely ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to get the listeners in yeah. on this one, because um, we learned in the Telegraph today, uh, via a podcast, a shrine was mistakenly erected to TV presenter Gabby Logan at a school she didn't go to after Wikipedia falsely claimed she did. Yeah. The Olympics presenter, says the Telegraph, has explained how a Wikipedia page says she went to the Bishop Ullathorne School in Coventry when she never did. As a result, the school built a shrine. Hello? A shrine, not a plaque? <laughs> and asked her to do prize givings one year. She had to be honest and say, I never actually went to the school. But the idea that you discover that uh, Gabby mm. went to school, I mean, as you say, a, a plaque or just a little nod in the next yeah. school newsletter, a shrine. Well, you know, candles written. She's very good. Effigies of, of Gabby, which is all a bit strange, isn't it? it is. But the reason I ask mm. the question is, mm. what have people got wrong about you? Maybe... Um, I don't know, you meet somebody for the first time and said, uh, oh, Dave, this is Chris. Chris won the Olympic uh, Winter Olympic gold medal for the downhill slalom in 1987. You're thinking, that wasn't me. So <laughs> did, what did people get wrong about you? Did you ever in a situation where people got things hopelessly wrong about you as they yeah, did there with Gabby? My Wikipedia page, which said, my dad invented the Muppets. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't be sitting here if he did. Talk sport, and you'd have someone personally in your house all the time fixing your phone. Just you'd give him 100 grand you're on the off My chance you couldn't get into it. Yeah, your, your Kermit phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what your ringtone would be, wouldn't it? Exactly. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. What did people get wrong about you? Let's know this afternoon. So, uh, mm. any, any quick one? Yeah, um, there's going to be a turkey shortage, apparently, at Christmas. Oh, Fears right. for a turkey They've shortage. They've gone early, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Why there won't be. Why, why will there be a turkey shortage? And what, what's I can't reason. Is it the weather or something? Some reason. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, trees, oh they? because of a staffing crisis at oh. the farms, you know. But, you know. 
it's a long time to go yet. Yeah. There won't be a sprout shortage either. Okay, well, that's, that's that so some good news today. They have gone very early for that one, I must say. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As we've seen in uh, recent weeks with Ben Stokes and Simone Biles, today Tyrone Mings admitting that his mental health was affected in the build-up to the yeah. start of the Euros. Adam Peaty saying he's going to take a psychological timeout once the Olympics are over to, to get his uh, head together again. A lot more uh, big-name sports stars more than happy to talk about their struggles with their mental health. Gary Bloom is a sports psychotherapist and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Gary. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to uh, speak to you again. As always, yeah. yeah. It's, as we were saying earlier on, I mean, so many of these conversations you would have had sort of uh, off off the record with sports stars because they probably would have said to you over the years, I don't really want people to know that's why I'm taking a break. Can't we have a convenient hamstring or something? But the convenient hamstring seems to have gone. Yeah, it has for the time being. And isn't it interesting? It all comes in what has been a very busy summer of sport. I think we have to put the uh, the COVID lenses on and, and see how that has affected people, affected their training regimes, affected their personal relationships, a chance to be with their mums and dads and families. So I think there's a degree of that there, to be honest. But I think what comes up for me, it highlights the difference between sports psychology, uh, which has been around for many, many years, and sports psychotherapy, which is, you know, the personal lives of these individuals are now coming uh, to the fore and, and, and under the microscope. And it's quite clearly that these individual athletes are not happy and my mantra as a psychotherapist is, is quite clear. Happier players play better. You know, psychology is all about performance and has historically been about performance, which is measured by data and, and speeds and, and that kind of thing. But this is a very different discipline. And the, the, the sadness for me is that there are very few people like myself working in sport. I think I, I am the only sports psychotherapist uh, working in professional football in the UK. Don't most people suffer from mental issues in their life if they're being really honest? I, I know it's changed. I know it's a, it, it's it's better to talk about it. It's better to admit it. I understand that. But is there any benefit in sort of trying to fight through it, or is it a good idea to take a time out? Well, I'd, Andy, I'd ask you the same question. If you think if you think mental health is different from physical health, I'd ask you the question why. You know, none of us have perfect physical health when you get to a certain age so you have to look after that part of your body if i go digging the garden on a sunday my back's probably going to be sore the next day and therefore i'm going to probably arrest it so we all have a relationship with our with our mental health and i'd say to anybody listening to this uh radio broadcast are you looking after your mental health are you doing things that are good for you and then when i say that i'm talking about diet and exercise and making sure that you have leisure time and that you're, there's downtime, that your office closes. Those are good ways of making sure that your mental health stays good. It's interesting, Adam Peaty went out of his way to say he, he wanted to, to take a break for the sake of his mental health. He could have just said, I need to take a break. That's what people used to say. I just, you know, Obviously, it's quite intense competition. Yeah. I need a break. But he's gone out of his way to make that point, because I think he's, maybe he wants other people to feel comfortable saying the same sort of thing. Look, sport, I feel, is the last bastion of being able to put your hand up and say... I don't know what I'm doing, I'm struggling, I'm not playing well, because there's all this uh, sense that vulnerability is just not, not good enough. And, you know, you hear other critics in social media say, well, man up and just get through it. You know, these people are human like you and I, and when we all go through tough times, bereavements, loss of jobs, not feeling great, 
physical health issues. We need help at that stage for our physical health, for our physical health rather, we'd go to our GPs. There's nothing wrong in going to a therapist to get you through tough areas of your life, no matter what that has been brought on by. You know, life events do happen. And the idea that we can tough those out, in my opinion, just makes it worse. Hmm. Have you found uh, then more managers, coaches, etc., inviting you in to work with players? And have you found, in the time you've been a sports psychotherapist, that more and more players come and seek your help and feel more comfortable doing that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, not only professional, but amateur players as well. Players wanting to break into teams, people wanting to uh, ignite their careers. There is still a huge um, uh, problem with football clubs inviting people like myself into the building. It is seen as a, a bit of a taboo. Do you know, it was really, really interesting to watch Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've been watching Ted Lasso. Yes, I, saw, I saw that, in a, yeah. in a new series, they bring in a sports psychologist. But actually, the job that she is doing is not a psychologist. She's doing the job as a psychotherapist, looking after key relationships inside football clubs. This is brand new. There's only one football club that I know who are doing it, and I work for them. Mm. Working on the relationships inside a football club will, in my, my belief, lead to improved performances football clubs and cricket clubs and rugby club clubs are very nervous about this interesting that it's actually been dealt with in a, in a fictional tv program uh, in real life it's much much harder yeah, yeah the manager I, feels threatened within that context yeah i know it's fiction correct. but you know he does uh, i mean in, in in his in his own way of showing it not aggressively but the character feels threatened by the other person because it feels like that should be his job and is that what you find at clubs sometimes or managers yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I make no secret of the fact that I work for Oxford United. I'm access, I'm allowed to access all areas. And it's actually Ted Lasso says, what, access all areas? Yeah, go for it. But you can see his nervousness around it. Mm. Well, I can't think of many football clubs where the managers of that club would be confident enough to say to somebody like me, go where you want, find out what you want. I don't have to know that information as long as I trust you to make sure that the football club is a better place for you being in it than without it. Performance anxiety, Gary, can be, it obviously can be crippling and then we all talk about pressure and the pressure of this and the pressure of sport. Have we sort of lost the idea that sport is fun, that it's just a game? I heard a cricket commentator, she was asked, excuse me, she was the asked... The phone is about, working again, I hear. It is, yeah. She was... Uh, <laughs> about it's that. back! His phone's back! <laughs> she was asked about the pressure and she just said, in the end, I'm just... I'm enjoying it. It's a game. And, and uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, there's a lot to that. I think we kind of make such a thing of the, of the pressure that we, we lose that sort of childlike thing that we had for sport in the first mm. place. And do you know what? This is a real, real problem, Andy, for young people. Um, when the work I do in the academies and, and people aged about 13 to 16, they come to me and their mums and dads come to me and say, my son and my daughter are just not enjoying it anymore. What do we do? Mm. Well, the truth is, when anything is not fun, you're not going to do it to the, to the best of your ability. Look, if you're an elite athlete, performance, uh, anxiety and pressure is part of the deal. But it doesn't suit everybody. Just like being a radio presenter doesn't suit everybody. Everybody has their particular skills. And sometimes people get very far down that path of being an elite sportsman or woman and they eventually realise this is not for them. And I think this is a good example of, you know, what's going on at the Olympics, that maybe when you look at Simone Biles and what she's had to endure over the last 
few years and, and the scandals that involved the US uh, gymnastics coaches that eventually somebody just might say, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just not worth it. The mental health's worth more than this. Yeah, no, you can see it with, with her, definitely. Gary, good to talk to you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Gary. Very interesting. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, guys. Gary Bloom, yeah. their sports psychotherapist. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, you remember in the early uh, 90s, the fine series uh, Sharps Rifles. Um, Sean Bean, of course, was the uh, was the figurehead. I always thought it was just called Sharp. I don't know why. Well, that, well, mm. we'll come on to that in a few moments' time. Um, now, one of the actors uh, from the series, uh, Jason Salkey, has written a kind of behind-the-scenes book, or the, the literal war stories from making the series. A big football fan, big talk sport listener. To Chelsea fan, he's in his resplendent and his vintage. Uh, I always bit, see a bit of Clive Walker. I see there. Yeah, I could. Yeah, there's a bit of Clive Walker. Is that are you going with a hairline as well? Are you on Jason? There? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit harsh. I like Ray Wilkins. Uh, yeah, Ray Wilkins. Yeah, Ray. Well, yeah. uh, Jason, Thanks lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. Thanks ever to so here. much for coming in. Hmm. It's because um, it sounds like quite a glamorous. You think, oh, marvelous, going off making a TV series on location. But I suppose it depends where that location was. And uh, as a as a crew, you went through it a bit because you were shooting in the Crimea, which was, I mean, it's a very contentious area now, but it was then in the 90s, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it was the time when the Soviet Union disintegrated, mm. so Ukraine was finding its own feet, and um, possibly, you know, the, the central government in Kiev weren't as nice to the Crimea, so things a little bit backwards, it was very hot there. We, we were totally unprepared, you know. You know, you remember in the 70s, they said, don't drink the water when you go to Spain. Well, they didn't tell us that in the Crimea, and they should have, right? because that led to some some... Big, big tummy rumbles. Right. So yeah, everybody was getting ill on it. I love the fact that football played a part in the fact that Sean Bean got the lead role in the first place. Didn't it? And it was your fault. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from Stuart Pearce, it was not glamorable at all. Life on Sharp. Well, okay. So first week is the opening week of the Premiership, 1992. Mm. 
got shortwave radio, all happy with Paul McGann's telling us, yeah, blah, blah. So he was going to be sharp, Paul yes, McGann. Yes, he was sharp. Yeah. He was cast as sharp. Mm. Sean Bean had been rejected for oh. sharp. So we, we filmed for five days. First Saturday, we listened to the Premiership. Brian Dean scored. How prophetic, eh? Yeah, Brian yeah, Dean, yeah. just Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Sorry, yeah. oh, forgive me, Bino, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> so on the Sunday, it was our day off, we go to the beach. I bring a football with us. Um, there's no shade, so we thought, well, we might as well go footy. Found a little car park. Crew versus cast. The exec producer was on the other side. Paul McGann, midfield general, sees a ball coming out of the air. It's very sunny. Goes up to take it down like an expert, and his, his standing leg gives way. Oh, no. We thought, what's wrong? Nothing wrong at all. He goes sit by the side. At the end of the match, we discover he's done his crucial ligament. We didn't know that because there's no MRIs, no X-rays, etc. But uh, it was pretty, pretty terrible because he was face was ashen. They got him back. They strapped his leg up and said, "Go on, get back to work." Wow. Injured it twice more. After the third one, he said, "Listen, guys, I'm going home to check it out." And they said, "Okay." The producers called force majeure on the project. We thought it was all over. We packed our bags, went home, disconsolate. My agent called four days later. Sean Bean is sharp. Wow. So had it not been for my football match, yeah, Sean may not. He, he owes you quite a sizable drink, doesn't he? He does. Well, he's bought me a few drinks in the past, so we'll let him off. What made you write the book? I mean, Right. Um, my father is a writer, hmm. so I always felt I should get something down, but I'm too lazy, of course. Um, my character was not a Bernard Cornwall character. Right. Bernard Cornwall wrote the book Sharp. Hmm. That's why it's called Sharp. And you're right, it's called Sharp, but people call it Sharp's Rifles. Um, my character was based on a real rifleman called Rifleman Harris who, who wasn't learned but recalled his stories and someone else wrote them down. I read that book when I got the part. Okay. And I thought, hello, why don't I be the, the Harris of this Sharp TV show? Mm. I had no idea what I was going to be facing. I thought, it was, oh, yes, the glamorous life and we had champagne and caviar and it was wonderful. But uh, no, I mean, it was the stuff I had to document was just yeah. mind-blowing. So many good actors went through. I mean, Daniel Craig had a part, didn't yeah, he? Yes. Elizabeth Hurley you talk about in the book as yes. well. Different people came in and joined the cast during the run. Absolutely. Dan Craig, no one recognises because he has this horrible sort of brown wig. It was one of his first jobs. Oh. In fact, he was responsible for re-injuring Paul's knee the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not, I mean, the director told him to do it, of course, uh, but that, that the second injury was a fight between uh, Berry, his character, and Sharp during wow. Charles Eagle. Yeah, yeah. And the third one was an innocuous climbing through a, a you know a gorse bush that twisted. That's how bad his knee was. It was yeah. ready to pop at any time. I mean, there were good things that came out of it from your point of view. You met your partner. You had a, a, there was a baby born on on while you were making the series. So That's I mean, a, there's some good positive things came out of the experience. Absolutely. My wife Natasha was an interpreter on the show, and uh, after a few years, we were more and more together, and she became pregnant on the show. And luckily, our son was born during uh, between the breaks, and oh. he was the second sharp-generated child, but the first one born in wedlock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and there are twelve sharp marriages that I can remember that we know of uh, so far. Wow! Yeah. So, so how, how many? Just remind us how many series did it run for? It ran for five series mm. from 1993 to 97, and then they came back to do a couple of ones in India. Right. But you yeah. were telling us that it affected your career, didn't it, being in it? Well, you know, an actor's career, you never know, right? It, it could have happened anyway. Mm. But, you know, I thought, I'm in this big show, I'm, you know, everyone knows me, I'm going to get auditions, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, things happen. It, it, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason in, in the acting world. It, it's, you know, it's, and, you know, I'm almost getting more publicity now for this than anything then. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the acting game can be like that. 
I, I was I was warned by many famous actors. Listen, Jason, this can be over in a second for no good reason. Yeah. So that could be what happened. Yeah. As we said, you're a big Chelsea fan. Mm. Um, why Chelsea? Was it sort of family? Sort yes. Of? Mm? My auntie Paula, actually. Hi, Paula. Right. She was a big fan, and she got me. Uh, she got me into 26 years of hurt from 1971 until 1997, yeah. and I thank her for it. But yeah, that's how I got started. All my mates and school, uh, my primary school and secondary school. In fact, at primary school. Now, this is true, although I don't know how it was possible. When Chelsea were bringing the Cup Winners' Cup back, they drove along Kensington Church Street, and me and my mate ran, my mate Alex Salmon, we ran down to the corner and waved to the bus. Right. So I've got those old memories, and um, memories of taking uh, taking to the first time to the bridge. It was a night match, and it's that whole thing of walking up and seeing the green of the pitch and the lights on the pitch. Mm. It's the most intoxicating view ever. Mm. So all those kind of things, and uh, bought you know, season tickets for, for many years now. Oh. It's improved since 2003. So It certainly has a little bit, yes, thanks to uh, a certain person. <laughs> I wonder if it's ever, I mean, what, the, the ground or the football or the situation? Oh, the whole it thing. It certainly has. I the mean, I wonder if they're ever going to come back and look at the stadium again because he had grand plans for it, didn't he? But I suppose yeah, it I was, depends. I was on the train the other day and we were going past Battersea Power Station, I mm. think. What a shame that he didn't get it because the last thing that whole area of Battersea needs is another load of flats there's so much flats development and, and the plan have you ever seen the plans for it it was absolutely yeah, yeah, incredible what are they going to do to that I wonder yeah, if the residents of Battersea would yeah. rather have had flats than a football stadium well I don't know I think it would have brick. really yeah, yeah it was it amazing, amazing and I think it would have lifted the whole area yeah. but he lost out you know so what I thought go. though there's that little area at Earl's Court where they knocked down Earl's Court and now they're not doing anything with it anymore that was also a possibility uh, yes I thought that would be the natural place yeah. but you know you can't expect the bloke to spend like two billion quid or whatever it will cost and well, he can't, can't even come into the stadium he's not going to do that is he let's be honest well you, you, you think he might because it's a badge yeah. of honour isn't it it's something it's yeah. some You'd want to be able to come here, though. I know, I know. I don't want to get too political and support talk sport. But yeah, now, yeah. just uh, finally, Jason, the show is still available to watch. It pops up on, on the Drama Channel. You said it's still mm. available for people to download as all the box sets on, yeah. on the streaming services yeah. as well. So do you ever revisit it? You go back and watch them now and again? Um, yes, I, well, I, I, I do tune into Drama Channel once in a while. And mm. when I was reading the book... I had to refer to episodes. And in the last year, I've been doing podcasts with lots of actors. So I did have to look at the episodes. But yeah, I, I do I do like Sharp because I love Bernard Cornwall's work. Mm. You know, you know. Book's doing well, you were telling us. Book's doing well. It's uh, available on Waterstones, Amazon, all good retailers. Um, yeah. Sign copies from me if you want to get in touch. But yes, it is doing. I don't know what figures are. Um, it, it's, it's been published by Unbound. I know you know about Unbound oh, yeah. because you've had a couple of things. Mm. So um, you, apparently you don't get paid to twice, twice a year. So I have no idea until September what the sales will be. <laughs> So riflemanharris.co.uk, yes. uh, people can go along there and find out more about the book and the story. And so he has got a huge kind of following. It was a very popular series. So, well, look, lovely to see you, Jason. We wish you well yeah, on the book. wish you well with that. Thank uh, you. Go and check it out. It is available uh, on Unbound, riflemanharris.co.uk, from Crimea with Love, Misadventures in the Making of Sharps Rifles by Jason, uh, Jason Salkey. And you say Bernard Cornwall's written a forward written, for you. Yes, absolutely. Lovely. And I'm hoping that Chelsea can find a strike and they can score so many goals. That's what we need. That's what we need. That's what we need. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We mentioned earlier on that uh, Gabby Logan, uh, there's a shrine of her at a local school in Coventry where it was felt that she actually attended, mm. but 
Yeah, Gabby was on a, a, a podcast recently and pointed out she'd never actually gone to the school, but so I think they've taken the shrine down. Um, so I just think things people got wrong about you. Is there mm. stuff out there that, you know, maybe you were introduced in an odd way, said, no, that wasn't me. So is there stuff people have got wrong about you over the years? Andy said, um, a, a, a friend I've known for several years asked me if there was any truth in the rumour that I dated Rachel Vice because someone had told him we'd been an item. Sadly, I have never dated Rachel Vice. Well, your loss was. Daniel Craig's game then, clearly, Andy. So uh, there we are. That's um, yes. So anyway, let us know. Is anybody things people have got wrong about you? Talksport.com forward slash H and J and text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to T S H and J. I was telling you on uh, Friday that the new Peruvian president is famous for wearing a white hat. Oh yeah, you were telling us. We were saying, what were you known for? Which we didn't get much of a response to, which is unsurprising. Hmm. Anyway, there's a picture of him on the weekend, and uh, I noted he was again wearing his white hat. That's obviously his big selling point. It's a trademark thing. Well, as a politician, it's always useful to have something that um, that, that people can remember you for. I guess. Well, I might Um, get one. I think. uh, As as part of Tyrone Ming's piece in in the uh, did big piece in the Sun today, talking about his Mm. mental health, talking about a lot of things, talking about the Euros, but they did a quick fire Q and A. And they asked him uh, several questions, one of which was red wine or beer. Um, and uh, he said, uh, red wine, Tina Nello. I said, I looked it up. Oh, right. And um, I thought, where's it sensibly priced? The average one could be 100 quid a bottle. So when Tyrone oh. when Tyrone has a glass of red, he makes sure it's a good one. Well, he should do, really. Yeah. He doesn't really get a so, headache. Uh, it sounds very nice. The, it was a kind of big wine of the 1970s, and the vintage bottle go for thousands. It was, so it was, not, it, not for him. The, it was quite uh, a sad yeah. thing, that, because you didn't think of it. You don't think of it like that, because in, in a way people did want Maguire to be fit, and they mm. did w- worry about him. And you don't think that will translate to the player, but of course no. it, it did. Well, because, you know, every yeah. pundit, even he said that Rio Ferdinand reached out to him after the, uh, I think during the tournament said, you know, you stepped up, you did brilliantly. But Rio and a lot of other pundits were saying it's a it's a, a weakness for us that that area of the defence. I mean, there's two ways. Some, some players player. some players feed off of that. Some yeah, players yeah. feed true. off of I'll show you. Others it gets to, and he admitted that it got to him a little bit. But you know, he put yeah. in some good performances. It didn't affect him on the field, which was great. Anything else? Delia Smith, oh, uh, yeah. chairman of Norwich. I think she's still chairman. I don't know, yeah, chairman. I she, is, yeah. she says, not chairman, obviously. Hmm. She says, aliens don't exist. Okay. Well, well at, least, that, at least it's not. In relation to her role at Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> in her new book. I suppose it would the existence be. Like, of where aliens. are you? It would be called, wouldn't it? Where are you? Let's be having you. And then maybe that would be the yeah, call of arms. Like that, yeah. that would be like the close encounters call. That brings all the aliens in. Uh, I've got no idea. Uh, uh, somebody wrote to the star and said, there's so much rubbish on TV, I've bought a radio. Best thing I've done in <laughs> well years. Done. Well, well done. What a great move. Welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> Although I don't listen to those idiots on TalkSport in the <laughs> afternoon. Um, I, I, I tell you what, I, I was reading... Uh, I mean, Clarkson's a funny bloke, and I know it's all tongue-in-cheek, hmm. but you, you do get... I sort of call it sort of... It's a kind of damaging ignorance about sport. Morgan does it, he's done it, and it, it's sort of quite a, a sort of trendy thing to do, is to sort of devalue the Olympics. And hmm. I just... Um, it annoys me because it's the ignorance, you know. This idea again. I think Parry was on a TV this morning talking about the fact that if you if you don't win a gold, it doesn't mean anything. it's such nonsense. Mm. Eh? It's such a 
poor thing to say. And such a poor, so what such second a, is nowhere? Is that well? It's just not saying? an understanding of what the Olympics is. It's not. It's not the same as football. It's not the same as that. You know, it's a different thing altogether, as we saw yesterday mm. with the with the high jumping. Well, we're um, going to have a chat with Dalton Grant later yeah. on, uh, former uh, Team GB high jump. Let's see what he made of uh, that decision yesterday, and what was a great competition to well, it was, to share gold. I know it's not gone down well with you, man. Really. Not no. gone down well, well it's, with everybody. It's a shame, isn't it? You see this woman in the sun today. Uh, made a big fuss. She's got a micro pig, and uh, she spent two hundred pounds. Uh, on a party. Oh, no, £2,000 on providing the pig with a bedroom, which is a bit of an odd thing to do. And she gave it a £200 birthday party, and she takes it for a walk on a lead. Does she? Why don't you is just it, get a dog? Is it a micro pig? <laughs> well, it, it, I think it used to be. I don't know. It's looking quite big now. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it's on enough. the big side. It eats. This looks like a pig to me. It eats well. Well, Marvelous. fair enough, really. Um, we asked you, I think people have got wrong about you in the Gabby Shrine situation, yeah, as yeah. Glenn's already calling it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people at secondary school in Cartmel thought my name was Tarquin. This was due to my younger brother, Bob, starting a rumour that spread alarmingly fast. Oh, no. My name is Martin. I would like to make this very clear. All right, Tarquin. All right, Tark. Don't labour it, mate. We know what your real name is. Um, so what did people get wrong about you? Talksport.com forward slash H&J and text to 81089... Or you can tweet to uh, TSH&J, that's T-S-H-A-N-D-J. All those years ago, you were the one to coin the phrase, a waste of ink, when we used to look at the uh, tabloid letters. Mm. Yes. And then one of the people that always used to write, back in the day, I'm talking like 20 years ago, was Sylvia Monk. Sylvia Monk, yeah. She's still writing to the Sun with the same letter. My congratulations, you got 50 quid for this. My congratulations to Boris Johnson and his wife Carrie on her pregnancy. It's that same that's letter that she's been writing for 20 years. 50 quid you've ever made. Rock. Well done, Sylvia. She's she's probably a multi-millionaire off the back of all the letters that she sends to uh, national newspapers. And nobody else pays any attention to the racing tipster ads in the Star by Alex Gorry, the man in the know. Oh, but honestly, you do, Andy. Well, I do because he's he's had the same advert now for. I don't know, months. What's he saying? Lump 14 on, winning months in a row. Lump on the Jinski is definitely going to do it. I'm sure that's not true. Alex knows his stuff. He's got a very lucrative business there. Yeah, he can't have had 14 winning months in a row. Can't keep shifting over. It's either it was 14 winning months in a row back in, say, February. Now, presumably, it's 18 winning months in a row or 19 winning months in a row. Change the advert. It's driving me mad. OK, well, as I said, it's probably not bothering anybody else, Andy. No, it doesn't bother anybody No else. mad rush to do that. <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to ask you to vote for your Clips of the Month for July now. As always, it'll be decided on Twitter at TSHNJTSHANDJ. Once you've heard these clips, I have two semi-finals, then a final, and we'll play you the winning clip just before four o'clock when Andy Townsend are here is here with Adrian Durham. So we'll kick off with our very own Laura Woods on breakfast, looking ahead to the England-Germany game during the Euros. I'm nervous. I, I don't know what it... Maybe it's like it's like excited nerves. You know when you're playing hide-and-seek and you need a wee? Like it feels like that. Do you know what I mean? No. no. <laughs> Darren Bent doesn't, doesn't remember playing hide-and-seek and needing a wee. No. Clearly. And of course, during the Euros, with so many listeners trying to have their say, not every call to Andy Goldstein and Jason Cundy on the sports bar... It's particularly smooth. Uh, David is a Man United fan. He's up next. Hi, David. Hi, Dave. David? Yeah. Hi, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. Dave, uh, talk to Paul to Dave. 
Yep, I'm here. Okay. Hello. Yep. Off you go, Dave. Hello. Oh, for God's sakes, man. Hi. I mean... Dave, Dave, have you ever had a conversation on the telephone before? I have. Okay. I have many Did... years ago. Yeah, the, te- the technology's moved. The technology's moved on <laughs> since the days of the phone. Call. Clearly, here's Mark Saggers with an in-depth question for Jose Mourinho. I remember um, Jose Mourinho that uh, at times on these very big occasions that you used to uh, just make yourself known to the opposition. Um, I remember one classic game at Anfield uh, when you eventually uh, beat them there that you. You just sort of showed and it sort of helped calm some of your side as they were going through the routine here as well. And um, that sort of flexibility of a coach at this stage of a tournament can be important just to show how much belief he has in his own side. Can you, can you repeat that? I, I didn't get you. <laughs> it's never the quick questions, is it? The knee repeating, always the long ones. Oh, did he repeat it? That's the thing. Yes. Let's go back to the calls now on Sports Bar. Uh, thanks for your call. Let's go to Chris, as a Preston fan is up next. Hello, Chris. <coughs> Hi. Nice. <laughs> <coughs> Hi. Classy. <laughs> and sticking with the callers, it was great to hear Jabba the Hutt ring in this month. <laughs> the rest of the staff mm. staying on. And, and, and two, what's the brief, do you think, in terms of the man that they're looking for? Jabba. It's really got a tiger in his house or something. <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. A lion. Strange that. Um, yes, and uh, finally, it's Jim White. Jim White, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau should have kept his big trap shut and accepted that it was his performance rather than the club. Or stand by what he said. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it is a different day. It's my birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday. And of course, that did uh, that did remind us of something. <laughs> go, 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 it's me birthday. We gon' party late. It's me birthday. We gon' sip a party late. It's me birthday. Honey in the club. So there we are, Jim White and Fiddy together at last. So what was your favourite? Was it Laura playing hide and seek, needing a wee? Um, was it uh, Dave who'd never used the phone before? Was it Sags and his uh, long question to Jose? Was it uh, Burpee uh, caller Chris? Was it um, Jabba the Hutt ringing in or was it Jim? Uh, in the club. So, um, let us know this afternoon. Uh, go to at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. There'll be two semi-finals you can vote on. Vote for your favourite in those. Then we'll let you know the result. You'll have your finalists. And then we'll play the winning uh, clip once again for you just before four o'clock. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just before we go, we bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. 63% of you voted for Dave, the caller to the sports bar. Uh, David is a Man United fan. He's up next. Hi, David. Hi, Dave. David? Yeah. Right, yeah, Dave. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. Dave. Hello. Uh, talk Hello. to Paul to Dave. Hello. Yep, I'm here. Okay. Hello. Yep. Off you go, Dave. Hello. Oh, for God's sakes, man. Hi. I mean... Dave, Dave, have you ever had a conversation on the telephone before? I have. Okay. I have many Dave. years ago. Like Lionel Richie at one point, wasn't it? Okay, that's it. Thanks for everybody who voted. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, Myself and Max Rushton are live from uh, Nottingham Forest tomorrow in the build-up to the EFL. You'll be back Thursday, won't you, Thursday, yeah. For the... um, 
going to get working on it. For the birthday spread <laughs> and then Friday lights. in the studio. So if you can, join me and Max from one tomorrow. Great. If not, podcasts like this one will be available at around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 